Hello, welcome to Hope Stream FM Weekly Bible Study Review. My name is Pastor Solomon Odinyebuchi Okono. The topic of this week's lesson is the covenant with Abraham. The key text is Genesis chapter 15, verse 2. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Please pray with me. Almighty Father, thank you for granting us another opportunity to study your word. Please speak to us again through your word. Bless us with a mind to obey you. And Father, bless us with your word and the end. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In Genesis 15, God formalized this covenant with Abraham. The Abrahamic covenant is the second covenant after the covenant with Noah. Like Noah's covenant, Abraham's covenant involved other nations as well. It is part of the everlasting covenant which God offers to all humanity. As we see in Genesis chapter 17 verse 7 and Hebrews chapter 13 verse 20. We see in Genesis chapter 15 verse 1 that despite God's promise to Abraham, he became worried of his childlessness and afraid of his future, just as his wife Sarai would be in the preceding chapters of Genesis. But despite Abraham's seeming doubts of God's promises, God reannounced his promises to him in Genesis chapter 17, which caused him to laugh and doubt which we see in verse 17 of Genesis 17. Also, out of doubt, Sarah also laughed at God's promise in Genesis 18 verse 2. In this week's lesson, we will meet the man Abraham. We will encounter his good and try moments, his doubts, weaknesses, hospitality, selflessness, his concern for others, his change of name, God's fulfillment of his promise in the life of Abraham and his wife Sarah, and God's display of grace to fallen humanity through Abraham. The fate of Abraham, Romans 4, verse 3. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. God's first response to Abraham's concern about an heir, which we see in Genesis 15 verses 1 to 3, is that he will have a son from his own body. Genesis 15 verse 4. The same language is used by the prophet Nathan to refer to the seed of future Messianic king, which we find in Amos chapter 7 verse 12. Abraham was reassured and believed in God because he understood that the fulfillment of God's promise depended not on his own righteousness, but on God's righteousness. Genesis 15, verse 6, and Romans chapter 4, verses 5 to 6. By this understanding, Abraham acted contrary to the prevailing culture, for in the culture that surrounded him, one had to earn salvation by works. Then Abraham offered a sacrifice unto God. The sacrificial ceremony was dramatic. A burning torch of fire passed between 
the pieces of divided animals. Genesis 15 verse 7. This extraordinary wonder signified God's commitment to fulfill his covenant promise of giving a land to Abraham's descendants. Genesis 15 verse 8. This sacrifice pointed to Christ's death for our sins and to the fact that humans are saved by grace, the gift of God's righteousness and not by works. And Abraham was done offering the sacrifice. God then established a covenant with him that after his descendants have spent 400 years in a foreign land, he will return them to the land that he promised them. And he will establish them there. You see that in Genesis chapter 15 verse 16. God promised that the boundaries of this land will be from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. Genesis 15 verse 18. This reminds us of the boundaries of the Garden of Eden, which was described in Genesis 2 verses 13 to 14. This promise had more in view than just the Exodus and a homeland for Israel. The promise of Abraham's descendants taking the country of Canaan reminds us of the end-time salvation of God's people who will return to the Garden of Eden made new. Abraham's doubt. Genesis 15 verse 2. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. In Genesis 15, God reassured Abraham that he would have a son. But as with our own individual experiences, this promise didn't come immediately. Then Abraham and Sarah, his wife, lost faith to the point that Sarah advised Abraham to take Haggai, her Egyptian maid, and go into her for to bear them offsprings. Genesis 16 verse 2. Genesis 16 verses 1 to 6 reads that Abraham heeded the voice of his wife. We also find other words like give and take in the text which are similar words to those that described Adam's permissive action in Eden when he heeded the voice of Eve and took the forbidden fruit and ate. So by heeding the voice of Sarah to take and eat of the forbidden fruit, Haggai, Abraham connected with the sin of Adam in Eden. The practice of taking a surrogate wife or concubine was common with the neighboring hidden nations that surrounded Abraham and his wife. So, in the time of their trial, they turned to a hidden strategy instead of increasing their faith in God. Isn't this similar to what we do sometimes. Ironically, this human strategy seemed more efficient than did faith in God's promises at the time. At least, it brought quick results. In both the case of Adam and Eve in Eden and Abraham and Sarah, God was not consulted, so it appeared that God was absent. But God appeared to Adam after their fall and he appeared to Haggai after he had sent her away. His appearance after these betrayals reveals that he had been present all the while. How can you remember that God is still present in such times when your faith is failing?
the apostle paul making his point about works versus grace in galatians chapter 4 verses 23 to 26 noted that in both accounts the immediate reward of human work outside the will of god led to future troubles this is the reason you and i must be careful in our decisions but there's good news notice that in both cases god responded to human betrayal with grace he made a way of escape for Adam and Eve, Genesis 3, verse 15. He appeared to Haggai as the angel of the Lord in Genesis 16, verse 7. And he consoled her. And we will see later that he fulfilled his promise to Abraham and Sarah. What a precious and gracious God. Why is it so easy for us to have the same lack of faith that Abraham had here? What can you do to avoid losing faith in God during times of trouble? The sign of Abrahamic covenant. Genesis 15 verse 8. On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying, To your descendants I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. After Abraham disappointed God by losing faith in him in Genesis 16, Abraham lost communication with God. But now, God brings him back to the point where he made a covenant with him. Genesis 15 verse 8. Now, God recommended circumcision to be a sign of that covenant. Because circumcision involves the shedding of blood, as we see in Exodus 4 verse 25, it could be understood in the contest of sacrifice, signifying the righteousness of Christ which was imputed on him. Romans chapter 4 verse 11. This whole issue of circumcision pointed back to the first messianic prophecy seen in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. We see in this contest that God's promise to Abraham concerned more than just the physical birth of the people. It contained the spiritual promise of salvation for all the people of the earth, which includes you and I, and the promise of the everlasting covenant. Genesis 17 verse 7 refers to the work of the Messianic seed, the sacrifice of Christ that ensures eternal life to all who claim it by faith, and all that that faith entails. Interestingly, this covenant involved a change of name to Abraham, whose name meant exalted father, and Sarah, whose name meant my princess, or the princess of Abraham, to new names, Abraham, meaning father of many nations, and Sarah, meaning the princess, or princess of everyone. True God's covenant involves a change in name, a change from an older version of you to a completely new you. Do you have a covenant with God? How has that covenant changed you? Please discuss your answer with someone. How can we learn to keep on believing God even when at times you struggle with that belief as did Abraham? Why is it important that you do not give up despite times of trouble and doubts? The son of promise. Romans 9 verse 9. For this is the word of promise. At this time I will come and Sarah will have a son. The Hebrew word call 
all in English is repeated four times in Genesis chapter 17, verses 23 to 27. This is an assurance that circumcision, the sign of Abraham's covenant with God, involves everyone. God did not just mean males that were born to Abraham, but also you and I, and everyone who believes in the covenant of Abraham and in the God of Abraham. Abraham attracted God's blessings to his life because of his hospitality. We find that in Hebrews chapter 13. At the age of 99, he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day when he saw these strangers. He ran towards them. Abraham never knew these men, but he acted towards them as if God himself were among them. He called one of these persons Adonai, my Lord. Genesis 18 verse 3. A title often used for God, as we see in Genesis 20 verse 4 and Exodus 15 verse 17. He rushed around them, orders his wife to prepare a meal for them. As they ate the meal, he stood next to them, attentive to their needs and ready to serve them. As we see in Genesis 18 verse 8. In addition to his hospitality, he showed respect and care towards these strangers. We learn in Matthew 25, verses 35 to 40, that like Abraham, God expects his children to be hospitable, to love, and to show care and respect for strangers. Ironically, God identifies himself more with the hungry and needy and with foreigners than with the generous one who receives them. This reveals God's grace and love towards suffering humanity. Dwell on the blessings that accompany the generosity of Abraham and Sarah. How can you learn from their story to be more generous? Lot in Sodom. Genesis 18 verse 22. Then the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom. But Abraham still stood before the Lord. After the generosity of Abraham and Sarah, God renewed his promise of giving them a son. Yet, instead of celebrating this good news, Abraham quickly engaged God in a passionate discussion about the fate of Lot in Sodom, a strong display of selflessness. Abraham enjoyed the privilege of hearing from God like later prophets, but he was also known for interceding for others. The Hebrew phrase stood before the Lord, which we find in Genesis 18 verse 22, is an idiom for praying. In fact, Abraham challenged God and bargained with him to save Sodom, where his nephew resided. Moving from 50 down to 10 as he pleaded God's mercy, God would have saved the people of Sodom if only 10 Sodomites had been righteous. But we see in Genesis 19 verses 1 to 10 that the people had become so wicked that there was not up to 10 righteous people in the whole city. Writing about the last moments of the city of Gomorrah, E.G. White wrote in Petras and Prophets, pages 157 and 158. And now the last night of Sodom was approaching, although the clouds of vengeance cast their shadows over the devoted city, but men perceived it not. While angels drew near on their mission of destruction, 
men were dreaming of prosperity and pleasure. The last day was like every other day that had come and gone. Evening fell upon a scene of loneliness and security. A landscape of unrivaled beauty was baited in the rays of the declining sun. The coolness of eventide had called forth the inhabitants of the city, and the pleasure-seeking throngs were passing to and fro, intent upon the enjoyment of the hour. In the end, God saved only Lord, his wife, and his two daughters. Almost half the minimum of ten, the sons-in-law, who did not take Lord's warning seriously, remained in the city and were destroyed together with the city. The beautiful country of Sodom and Gomorrah was eventually destroyed. The Hebrew word hakaf overthrew occurs several times in Genesis 19, 21-25 and characterizes the destruction of Sodom as we see in Deuteronomy 29, verse 23. The idea is that a country have been reversed. Just as a flood reversed the original creation, the destruction of Sodom is a reversal of the Garden of Eden. In the destruction of Sodom, we are given a precursor of end-time destruction as well. In conclusion, the experience of the inhabitants of the city of Sodom and Gomorrah will be the experience of planet Earth. But like Sodom and Gomorrah, each one of us have an opportunity to return to God now. Please pray with me. Everlasting King of glory, covenant-keeping God, teach us to trust your promises. Teach us to be patient, to live in view of your promises daily. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. For prayers, questions, and contributions, you may reach me on WhatsApp on plus two three four. 903-789-1680. God bless you.